Hello, welcome to York Street. We hope that this sermon will be an inspiring and impactful one, just what you need at this time. For any of our sermon-based studies, please head to our website at www.yorkstreet.com.au. So grab a cuppa, grab your notebook, whatever you need, and we hope that you enjoy the sermon. As we, we dive into scripture tonight, I wonder if you can recall doing something really, really silly when you were a kid. Really silly. Now, I know there's a few kids that were like, yeah, that was this morning. <laughs> what about when you're a teenager? Can you remember doing something like, oh, when you're a teenager? Once again, this, yeah, I before I got to church. I now, this is the tricky one. What about as an adult? Remember, yeah. Remember doing something really silly as an adult? I remember a game that I used to play with a bunch of mates. It was a while back, and the way this game worked was we went camping. And we'd go camping, and the first part of uh, the camp was we had to put our tents together, and because we were blokes, we never used the instructions, so it took about four times as long as what it should have to, um, to, get, those, to get the tents put up. And then we would make a, a, an enormous bonfire, because that's what you do, and then we would start kicking footies and soccer balls and throwing those vortex things that make the whistle. Like, anyway, we'd do that in the dark. It was awesome. Because like, usually when you're kicking the footy, you kick the footy and you, you, you see your mates and you try and kick it to them. They, they try and catch it. And I say try because, you know, got to be kind on each other. But the cool thing about it at night time is you've got no idea where it's going. And you hear... And sometimes you hear it hit the ground, but other times you hear, oof, and you go, yes, I got somebody. It's heaps fun. Now, the vortex balls were the best because they make a whistling noise. And you throw the vortex and you hear, yes, got someone. Now, when you're on the other side of that, it was terrible because all of a sudden you just hear someone go, and as it comes, it's like, and it doesn't matter how fit you are, how skilled you are, how, how tough you are, every single bloke that was at that, that camp would do the same. You'd get this moment where you're just like, yeah. Now, the same game played in daylight is radically different. It's radically different when you can see the thing coming because you can step out of the way if you don't want to catch it. All of a sudden, people are diving to try and catch this object that they were really afraid of the night before. Once they got the, the, the vortex thing, they would give it to some of the kids that came on the camp to give them a go. They were in bed when we were playing it at night time, of course, because don't want to hurt the kids. See, it's something about darkness that can be frightening. There's something about darkness that we sometimes can't see things coming and in the darkness, it doesn't matter who you are, sometimes when there's darkness, there's something that we can be afraid of. But when there's light, it takes away the fear. Tonight, we're going to read in Scripture about how Jesus came to be the light of the world. He came to be the light, and the darkness will not overcome him. If you've got something in your life, even if, and if it's been over this year that you feel is a bit of darkness, something that's heavy, something that's weighing over you, there's good news tonight, and that Jesus came to shed light into that space. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, as we open up Scripture tonight, 
I pray that you would reveal to us that you came to shed light into the darkness. That you came to, to light up those spaces in our life where we feel like that we're doing it alone. We feel that it's heavy. We feel that it's dark. Or we feel that it's lost. And Lord, I invite you to speak to us where we need to hear it the most, as individuals and as your church. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you've been following with us over December, we've been doing this series called Heaven Came Down. Uh, If you're visiting with us, I'll just give you a really quick catch-up. A few weeks ago, Anthony preached on the promise of Advent, and Advent means coming. It's this idea of something's coming. And of course, at Christmas, it's the coming of the the chosen one, the one that's going to save people, the one that's going to be the Messiah, the saviour of the world. And there's all these prophecies that happened 700 years before Jesus was born that pointed to Jesus' birth. And then we paused for our usual services for a moment, and we had a carols event, which is where our incredible lights and everything came from. And we had the carols which was called Heaven Came Down, and the heavens really did come down as we sang hymns and songs, and it was was pretty amazing. Then last week, uh, I spoke a message on the humble arrival and how the first cost, the first price that Jesus paid wasn't when he went went to the cross, but the first price that he paid was when he left heaven to come to earth. He was so humble that he would leave perfection to come down to the putrid. He would come down to us and show us how we can be restored through his actions, but also by having a relationship with him. And tonight we're talking about light in the darkness. You see, darkness cannot exist where there is light. Darkness cannot exist where there is light. For example, we've got this candle here. And I've got the most manly matches that I could find. There we go. Please work. Excellent. (laughs) I'm just going to make sure this is really out because that that would not go well. Um, Remember that time on Christmas when Tim set fire to the church? Are you guys here on the Father's Day when the barbecue caught fire? Like, yeah, that was fun. Anyway, back to the point. There's something about light. Something about light that draws us in. Actually, can I ask our techies, could you guys dim these lights just for a moment? Where where does your attention go? I know when I spoke, you looked at me. But before I speak, where does your attention go? Maybe the candle. If you're on this side of the room, maybe the giant forest of fairy lights (laughs) over here. If you're in, fo- in the foyer, you're probably looking at the TV screen. <laughs> but, but you notice that in the darkness, you are drawn to light. In the darkness, you can't help but fixate on light. You don't look into the darkness more. We are designed to look for light in the darkness. About two months ago, I went camping, and, and I had this, this campfire. I've got a photo. It's not a, a campfire, but it's a really cool campfire. But I set this fire up and, and it was sitting there on the, the camp chair and it, it got dark. And as, as you do when you're camping, I was just, just by myself and I was looking at the fire and looking at the stars and thought, this is pretty awesome. 
And then I thought, I'm going to go grab a drink. And so I went to walk back to where the tent was. And the second that I took about three steps away from the fire, I realised two things. One, I cannot see a thing in front of me because the fire was behind me and it was casting a shadow. And two, it was absolutely freezing cold. Now, when I was near the fire, I didn't feel any cold and I didn't feel it was dark because there was plenty of light. Once I went and got the drink from the camp, the, the tent and turned around, I could see where I was going because I was drawn to the light. And, and, and I, I fully believe that God uh, like designs us to be driven like that. We are designed to head towards light. And so God gave us a light in the darkest times of our life, a light that draws us in. And if you've got your Bibles with you, even though the lights are down, you can read it on the screen. Uh, we're looking at John chapter 1. Now, in the Gospels, you'll notice that Matthew, Mark, and Luke, when they talk about Jesus' birth, talk about it in sort of a way that, that tells the story of how Jesus was born. Matthew written to the Jews, Mark written to the, the Gentiles, Luke, Luke written to um, sort of the scholars in an academic way with, with much more referencing. But John writes to a very different style, and he gets right into it. So John chapter 1, verse 1 he says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and through him all things were made, and without him nothing that was made has been made. And in him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. And the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. You see, from the very beginning, we see that God and Jesus are together. And God sent Jesus to earth because in Jesus is life, and in Jesus is the light of the world. And, and even though there are dark things in this world because this world is broken, and people have chosen darkness, and sometimes other people have done things that have imposed darkness on us, not because of your actions, but you know, sometimes you're a victim of somebody else's actions, and it brings hurt and pain and suffering and darkness. But the good news is that that darkness has not overcome Jesus. Jesus has overcome that darkness. And so tonight, I'm going to invite us into a journey to look into ourselves and see, is there an area of your life that feels dark? Is there an area that feels heavy? Is there an area that feels sad? John 1 goes on in verse 6, There was a man sent from God whose name was John, not the author of the book of John, but this is John the Baptist they're talking about. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light, he only came as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. Now, hands up if you're a person cool, there's a few hands, and there's a few that didn't go up. That's more interesting, actually. <laughs> Not that I can see heaps, but yeah, there's a few, some, yeah, definitely a person. Excellent, that's really good. If you're a person, that means you're everyone. You're a person, you're a part of everyone, which means that the light that Jesus came to share is for you. And you may think, but I've done some bad stuff. I've done some wrong things. I've hurt people. I, I've done some things in my past that they are so dark. 
They are so dark. But when Scripture says the true light that gives light to everyone has come into the world, then this light is for you. I want to let that sink in because sometimes we go, yeah, this is for somebody else. This, 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 this must be for the person sitting next to me. You ever wonder that actually all of us have some darkness? You've been shopping lately? How you, how's your driving going? How's that, how's that? Are you kind and compassionate everywhere you drive? Are you thinking of that person in front of you? It's like, man, I'm so happy that older lady still has her independence. <laughs> yeah? Sitting at the roundabout for 15 minutes. Yeah? I might pray for her right now. Is, is, that, is that our attitude sometimes? Or sometimes are we just like, oh, yeah? That light went orange. It's very orange, but I'm still going to make it. Yeah? Are there times when you're at the shops and the thing you wanted wasn't there? Or the checkout person, yeah, isn't greeting you properly or isn't quick enough? Man, there's times, isn't there, that in our humanity, darkness can shine through. Instead of being loving and light and salt and the God flavors in this world, this world of generosity and kindness, man, I think we've, we also, we've got to realize that the light's for us because we need it. I need it. You need it. It goes on, John chapter 1, verse 10. He was in the world and through the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. Verse 11, he came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children not born of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. I want you to know that you are not a mistake. This verse says that, that Jesus came into the world... And he came in and was rejected by the people that he actually came to save and love. But it goes on to say he came because we are all children of God. doesn't matter what your parents were like, what your upbringing was like, the decision that you made. You are a child of God, born of God. You are not a mistake. And he deeply, deeply loves you. In the verse that we, if you've grown up around the church, we know this verse pretty well, John chapter 1 verse 14, and the word became flesh and made his dwelling amongst us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth. The word became flesh. Jesus came down from heaven to dwell amongst us. The glory of the one and only Son. Just to touch on last week once again, Revelation 21 verse 23 says, The city does not need sun or moon to shine on it. It's talking about heaven. For the glory of God gives it light. And the lamp, uh, the, the lamb is the lamp. And the nations will walk by its light and the kings of the earth will bring their splendor into it. This idea of God's glory being the light of heaven is the same glory that Jesus came to walk on this earth, the glory of his one and only Son, to walk and speak grace and truth. You see, where Jesus is, darkness cannot exist. 
Where Jesus is, darkness cannot exist. God's glory came to earth. The same glory that lights heaven, we have access to through Jesus Christ. And if you haven't got it yet, because we've been saying it a heaps, we've said it in worship, we've been saying through the message, I want you to know that Jesus loves you. He loves you so much that he left heaven to come to earth for you. He loves you so much that he doesn't want there to be darkness in your heart. He doesn't want there to be, to be pain or suffering. He wants to shine light into that. And if Jesus came to be the light of the world, I want you to know that, that Jesus is the light of the world. He wants to be the light of your world. You see, once again, to recap, darkness cannot exist where there is light. Darkness cannot exist where there is light, and Jesus is the light of the world. Therefore, darkness cannot exist where Jesus is. Right now, I wonder if there's something that you need to hand to Jesus right now. Is there maybe a moment this year that you're not very proud of? Is there something in your past that's been holding you back, and you feel like it's just got its claws into you. Maybe there's some pain because of something that somebody else said. We're about to come to a time of communion. And I'll explain how communion works. I know we've got some visitors here tonight. And I'll explain the, the way that we're going to practice um, this incredible tradition that Jesus reminded us to do. And for our 6 p.m.ers, we're going to do it a bit different, but I'll give you the instructions. So don't, but don't get hung up on the process, because what I want you to do once you have the elements is I want you to examine yourself and invite Jesus into an area of your heart. And, and the... The thought is that, Jesus, I want you to bring light into that space that is bringing pain. I want to bring light into that bit that feels heavy in my heart. God, I want you to take away the burden that I've been carrying and shine light into that space. So Jesus didn't come so that we could suffer. Jesus came so we could be free. And he wants to shine light into those areas of our life. And if you're a pure person, then he came for you. If you're a human, Jesus came to earth for you because he loves you and he doesn't want you carrying these burdens. In fact, Jesus came as a baby so he could experience the things that you experience, the pain, the suffering, the hurt. And in doing so, he gets it. He gets you. He gets your circumstances. He gets the, the, the emotion. He gets the pain. He gets the suffering. And he goes, you know what? I want to take that upon myself. I want to take the pain away from you. I'm going to shine some light into that. It doesn't always take away the consequences or other people's actions, but it means that in that space you will never be alone. In that space you will be able to feel lighter because Jesus is with you in and through those moments. At York Street we believe that, that Jesus said on um, the night that he was to be betrayed before he went to the cross, he took bread with his disciples, and he took uh, a wine. And he took the bread, and he said to them something that they didn't understand at the time. It wasn't until later that it really sort of landed for them. He said, 
take this, this is my body that is broken for you. And the disciples were sitting there going, okay, Jesus, looks like bread, but okay. And they didn't realise that Jesus' body was going to be broken on the cross so that we would be made whole in our relationship with Jesus. And then he took the cup and says, this is the cup of the new covenant, the new contract, which is poured out for the forgiveness of sins. And once again, the disciples are like, okay, we're just having a drink. Like, what, what is this? And so in the Old Testament, to be forgiven for your sins, there had to be the shedding of blood. And Jesus said, I want you to give you something that every time you meet together, whether it's at church or at home or, or with other believers, that you can remember that you are not constricted and bound by darkness and sin, but you are free because of what I'm about to do for you. And so tonight we have the opportunity to share in this tradition called communion. And we're going to take a cracker, which is the bread. And we're going to take some juice, which is the cup. I'm going to invite you to come to the, the tables. There's two tables, one at each side at the front, and there's one table at the back. And those in the foyer, I'll get you to try the one at the back. Our K-teams are doing an awesome job making sure that we've got extras. And what I'm going to get you to do is to take the cup and sit back down together and we're going to take communion together. That's the new bit, guys, 6pm. Uh, we, we usually take it in our own time, but tonight we're going to take it together as one church, as God's church. I'm going to pray and I'll invite you to take the elements and while you wait for everybody to get the elements and file back to your seats and everything, have a look at your heart and invite Jesus to bring light into any area that there could be darkness. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are the light of the world, that where you are, there is no darkness. And we thank you that the price that you paid to set us free was so great. But you did it because you loved us that much. And if we were the last person on this planet, you still would have done it because you love us. That nothing, no action, no past can separate us from your love. Tonight we want to invite you into that place in our life that there may be some darkness or heaviness. And we ask that you would bring light into that space. You would shine love. You would shine forgiveness. You would show mercy and you would give us release because you paid for that when you went to the cross. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you would like prayer or to find our sermon-based studies, please head to our website or check the description below for a link. If you enjoyed the video, feel free to share the video, like, subscribe and hit the bell icon for updates of when we release new videos. Remember, life can be tough, so let's do it together.